All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's time for the Wally and the Thought Show, presented by SportsInteraction.com. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally and the Thought Show. I'm Brent Wallace. He's 13-year NHL veteran Mark Mathot, who has an opinion or two he likes to share occasionally. Uh, it is episode 69, the last day of May, as we jump into June. Meth, um, by the way, everything good in your world, right? Power's back on. They got the lawn mode. Pool's good. Okay. Can't complain, Wally. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Good. I just mowed the lawn. Everything. I'm just sorry. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at the intro. That's all. It's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I should probably script those occasionally. Uh, this show is always yeah. brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot for the most competitive live daily odds, which includes now betting on the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, which we'll get to in a bit. Also, our guest today is, I don't want to call him a guest anymore. He's just like the guy, our crazy uncle, we'll call him. Uh, Ian Mendes, the athletic stops by, as he always does. He's uh, the most appeared guest on our show. Uh, brought to you by, as always, Whitewater Beer. Go to whitewater.ca. Um, they have a new beer out, Meth. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. It is called Sunsetter, uh, and it is extremely good. Um, so it's a I think, lemon I think lime, I've had it. A lemon is lime Is it a new water. one? Yeah, they just released it. So I haven't. Okay. So, but I'm telling you, go now. I, well, I went to the LCBO to see, and it's out. It's sold out. It's sold out online at the moment. Uh, that's how good it is. But it's called Sunset or Beach Lager. A uh, little lemon lime. Uh, all season long, you find yourself seeking the sun and lingering outside to catch the sunsets. Well, Sunset or Beach Lager was made for those long summer nights for you and I to sit by the pool and enjoy a beverage. That's nice. me hinting to get invited over, which I never do. Um, all right. <laughs> Without further ado, let's bring in Ian Mendez from The Athletic, who wrote uh, this week about Jason Spetz's retirement, had some interesting interviews. Uh, he put the line back together just to have this chat. Mendez, welcome to the show. 
crazy uncle checking in. Why would you call me the crazy uncle of this show? I oh, I don't know. I didn't have anything else at the moment. I, I apologize. I didn't have something else is basically what it come down to. You, you, you know what? I think as a guy, there's two labels you don't want. One is crazy uncle and yeah. the other one is creepy. No, like, right? Like, you yes. don't want to be creepy no, and you don't enough. want to be the crazy uncle. And yet you've <laughs> gone ahead and painted me with the crazy uncle. Well, I didn't call you creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Of, of the two, I'd rather be the crazy uncle. <laughs> yeah. um, before we get to the Jason Spets retirement, I would like to see how, I'd like to check in. You look fresh and cleaned up and showered and, and shaved. How was life and the world without Wi-Fi for like five days? This meth, this is Wally fishing for compliments. I'm not. He <laughs> bailed us out big time. Like, I, I mean, and so I'm glad I can use this platform to actually, I mean, I thank you in person. Let me thank you here on your show. No. Because we didn't get power back until Friday. So we were, whatever, six days without power. And like three days into it, I decided to tweet out, you know, we don't have power. And I wasn't tweeting out to try and garner sympathy i just felt like there was lots of people in ottawa without power and i just there was some solidarity going on within two minutes i get a text from wally call me now meth you've been on the other side of the well you got those texts from wally call me you're like oh god like, yeah what does what that is, mean yeah, <laughs> yeah that, so i'm like oh man like something something's gone down and he's like hey i got a generator for you and i'm gonna he drove it over all the way from stittsville to my house he set it up he ran our extension cords in, reconnected our deep freeze, got our Wi-Fi going, wow. all that stuff. So he deserves a ton of credit because for three and a half days, we lived off of uh, the generator he provided us. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, did he, did he also bring the gas for you? or uh, he, that... You know what? He he brought a jerry can that was uh, whatever. Like it was, it was, I, I only had to fill it up one time, but I, I oh, didn't wow. think I was going to be using this thing for three days. And then yeah. all the gas stations were closed in, in the area, but, but uh, yeah, no, he brought it over and yeah, he didn't, he didn't want any, I had to fight tooth and nail to try and take this guy out for lunch to thank him. And he wouldn't, like, move we on. had to fight. We fought in front of the waitress. He didn't. Oh, so that's nice to hear. Yeah. But you know what? The funny First part time was Matt's ever heard a nice story about Wally's. So like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't mow my lawn. Cause you had my gas can. Oh, see, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so my son, he didn't have to do it. Anyway, uh, okay, let's, I'm glad to hear you got the power back. Uh, and it, I wasn't fishing, but I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Jason Spetzer retires. Number 19, retires after 19 seasons. Uh, Matthew played with Jay, and you played with him in Dallas as well. What do you remember about Jason Spetzer, the player? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, everybody knows his on ice contributions. I'm not going to go there. Terrific player. I think, and I was saying this yesterday, I think, I think people don't realize how great of a communicator he is. I know we see the funny videos where he's giggling and laughing and it kind of comes across a type of way, but, and I know you guys can touch on this as well. You've had plenty of conversations with him. He's just a really intelligent human being. I and mean, it's particularly obviously when it comes to hockey. So, um, you know, I, I mean, just thoughtful and calm, you know, when, when, when he's coming to talk to you, he never rattles easy. I've never really seen him have a bad day. I've seen him get a, you know, upset in the room during a game just to kind of get a rise out of the, the locker room, but on a day-to-day -day basis, just always there at the rink there before most players he's there. He's hanging around long time after games as well, always working on his sticks. But for me, um, I guess the last memories I would have had of him would have been in Dallas when I was playing there and 
he was a mentor, right? Like that, that was the role that he had taken on at that point in his career. And he, he was terrific. He was great with the young guys. He was really, really helpful. And um, yeah, I'm very lucky that I got to play with him. Mendez, I don't know about you, but for me, it was like, and I, we see this a lot now with guys retiring because we've been in around the league for so long. We've covered them the entire time. And that was it for Spets. Like I've covered Jason Spets since he was a 16 year old at the world junior training camp. Um, and actually, even before that, he played in a, a game, uh, an international game at 15 for Canada at the Civic Center. Anyway, point was like it it's kind of like it's a little nostalgic to go back and think all this stuff that you've gone over the years with someone who has treated you so well. It's like I don't know if it's like breaking up with someone or losing a, like a family member. What It's just it, it, it's a guy that's no longer there for you to chat with, it seems. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, uh, like Meth said, he, he was a great communicator, especially with us in the media, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't know, he would be on my Mount Rushmore of, of players that I dealt with in terms of from a oh, media wow. perspective yep. that, that are like yep. a superstar, like, like, like he was a star, he was a superstar player who always yep. had the, the, the time for us. I, I would put Marty Brodeur on that list and Steven Stamkos and, um, guys that are like, are like elite, elite player. Alfie would be on that list too. Um, that there, there's my Mount Rushmore right there, the, <laughs> the, the four guys, but you know, the one, the one that I, I will always remember. And I always felt like, just like you, Wally, I had a, I was actually working in media relations when, when Jason broke in a league and the senators drafted him, I was in the PR department. And so I was kind of privy to some of that stuff that, that the, you know, the year that they sent him down in training camp and some of the difficulties, um, you know, and, and so to see him mature and grow from that, kid who had tears in his eyes the day uh, he got demoted uh, at the end of training camp to see him become a captain of that franchise, albeit just for one season, but, uh, and Matthew were there for like, and it was a tough year for him, right? Like everything was in transition. Everything felt weird. Um, I always wish he had a a better situation to be the captain because I think he would have thrived in it. And and you know this too, Matthew, like one of the things the guys always said about Jason, even just his year as a captain, he was the guy trying to organize stuff like, Hey, let's have a team dinner. Let's, Hey, let's do a, a football pool. Let's go, you know, whatever it is. It was Jason Spezza was the guy that tried to get it all together. That was just a tough year. The one year he was captain. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Mendes, do you want to tell the story about the day he was sent down? Uh, yeah, listen, I can because and I'm sure I've told it before and, and, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know. But so I'm working in the media relations department and I'm you guys know. And, and for the benefit of the viewers and listeners here, the coach's office for the Ottawa Senators is in a hallway where the media will often congregate and gather and hang out until the dressing room is open. OK, so this is the last day of training camp. And, and I found out, hey, they're, they're cutting Spezza. So I go into the coach's room or whatever. He's there and he's crying. Like he's, he's a, he's a kid. He's whatever, 18 years old. Right? So he's crying, understandably. Like think about it when you've made every team you've ever tried out for, and you've been the star, it's gotta be humbling to be demoted and cut and in a very public way. So I go in there and he's crying and I'm like, Oh man, like we got to get him out of the building before the meet, like the media would have a field day if they came in with their cameras and just saw this kid crying. So I come back out and <laughs> there was only one reporter there at the time. It was Alan Panzeri who used to cover the senators yep. for the Ottawa citizen. So I'm like, I go back in the coaches. I'm like, okay, there's only one media guy here. What are we going to do? And they're like, you get Panzeri out of there and we'll take <laughs> Jason out the back. And so I came back. And I'm like, Hey, Alan, um, 
we're, we're doing new headshots for uh, the media. I need to take it down to the security to, to you know, where, where the security is. I'm like, just yeah. come with me. And I take them and, and they, they usher Jason out the other way. And uh, I don't, I, you know, he didn't have to face the media that day, which would have been unfair. He was an 18 year old kid. Um, yeah. It was really hard. He got cut the next year too, like back to back years being cut. Meanwhile, Kovalchuk and like Nash. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this in my article, like these guys that are drafted high in the NHL, they all get to go to crappy teams and be a dash 30 and show yep. off a little bit of their skill. Jason got parachuted into a Stanley cup contender. And I can't stress how difficult that was for him to yeah. come in and expect it to be a, a, a 200 foot player right off the, right off the well, What Ian, what prompted you to like, cause you know, you're a media, you're still a media member at that point. What prompts you to help him like that? Obviously no, we all know. No, I was working dude. for the I'm team. I'm not surprised. I, I was no, oh, you were working guy. for the team then? Yeah. I was the media. I was in yeah. the PR department. I, I legitimately, my rival. Ne I never <laughs> knew that until right now. <laughs> oh, so you, you had to like, so, so, so you had already had plenty of interactions with Spez yeah. at that point, like, like coordinating him throughout training camp. Totally. So then at that point he had your trust and you were able to take him out. Yeah. Listen, I had his, the minute I knew I had Jason Spez's trust, I was in the PR department. I had to take him out. There was like a ball hockey game somewhere. And like, he was, I had to bring him up with Willie O'Ree and, and, and Jason wow. Spezza. I brought him and I took these two guys in a 1997 Dodge Neon. Okay. And <laughs> I'm like, this. if you can survive a ride in a Dodge Neon, you will trust me for life. And so, <laughs> can you imagine putting your prize prospect in some guy's Dodge Neon? But that's exactly that's what great. happened. Yeah. Oh, good story. Um, you also hooked up with uh, Danny Heatley and talked to him about this. So you're, you're one of the few people that's allowed to have a chat with Danny Heatley who lives in obscurity. Uh, how is, by the way, how's Heatley doing at the moment? And um, was it good to have that conversation with him? Cause I mean, that pizza line, as we call it, uh, was dominant. Like I'd love to see them in today's NHL of how good they would be with everybody else. Yeah. And it was great to get, look, listen, and I, it had probably been about a year since I had last connected with Danny Heatley. And the only reason why I connected with him last year was I had some people ask me a mailbag question, which is exactly like what you're asking it, which is like, what's Danny Heatley up to? What's yeah. he, what's he doing? And so I sent them a note last July, like, Hey, fans want to know how you're doing. And we had a great phone conversation and, and he didn't want to be quoted, but he just said, Hey, can you just tell everybody, please tell people how much I love my time in Ottawa. Like, yeah. I just, I loved it. I look back, I look back with nothing but fondness. I'd love to come back someday. I'd love to, like, you know, I think he wants to to kind of get that bridge rebuilt. Um, and so I reached out to him again. I thought, oh man, it's Memorial Day weekend. Like this guy, the odds <laughs> of me on a Sunday of Memorial Day, I got the, the you know, the, the response within five minutes. He's like, hey, I'm just watching uh, Rafa and, uh, and Felix. I'll call you as soon as the match is over. I'm like, okay. Of course, that damn thing went to five sets. I'm like, come on, I didn't care who ended. Uh, he called me back, and uh, and but I think that that is like people are like, wow, Ian, you got Danny Heatley. That's more of a function of what he thought of Jason Spezza. Yes. Like that, like like yes. if I Same just reached Alfie. out to him and said, yeah, if I just reached out to him, say, do you want to just chat about whatever? He'd be like, nah, I'm good. But Jason Spezza, yeah, and. And I think, and Matt, I know you did kind of some media rounds on, on, on Monday. Um, I think I saw Nick Foligno did. Like, that to me is always the testament to a player's popularity. When you reach out and say, hey, I'm doing a story on player X. And the guys are like, I want to be, I want to yeah. be part of that story. So it was great to connect with them. 
you know, Danny was, uh, was great in talking about uh, the, the pizza line and, and same with Alfie. They, uh, they, I think they were very nostalgic about that, uh, that window of time. That's awesome. We were spoiled. We were spoiled covering that team and that particular yes, era. Like to look back now, you have no idea because you're in the middle of it, but to look back and appreciate how good those groups were. People I understand argue, they did. People argue, Wally. Yeah. People argue it's like one of the best lines like of all time. Yeah. Like they're, they're in the discussion and that might be absurd, but I'm, I'm so young. I'm not that sure. I'm not looking back that far, but, but like they were that good and dominant, you know? So I'm not sure it is absurd. Like, so the, my favorite part in all that was they continually tried to break the line up and then they were like, we still need to score five goals tonight. So let's just put it back together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, well, Ian, who, who do you like, who would you, would you stack up? And again, I'm stretching because my knowledge is irrelevant beyond like, like prior to 2000, <laughs> I can't even chime in other than my favorite player was Ray Bork. Like, I, I don't know the line. So are there any lines that you can look back on and think, okay, they, they, you know, we've got an argument here. Yeah. Like, and, and the thing is though, in, in hockey history, it's often duos, right? Like right. it's yes. Gretzky and Curry. Like 100%. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you who the third, her, yeah, the yeah. third guy was uh, on that line. I think certainly in the salary cap era, yeah. the pizza line, it, like if you're telling me who's the best line of the cap era, I would probably go with Boston's perfection line of oh, Bergeron, Pasternak, and, yep. and Marchand. Like yep. just that might be it. But, well, and they succeeded, right? Like they they did the they did the deed, and they they got it done. So I guess that's where you probably edge edge out the other line. But it's a short list, and remember, Spezza, Heatley, Alfredson finished one, two, three in playoff scoring too the one year, right? Like so, they uh, did true. They did get it done in the postseason, uh, but but they are on the list. They're on the short list, and and this is what happens in today's era. I think probably in the fifties and sixties and seventies, coaches probably just kept the lines together like nobody was tinkering and there's no analytics and there was no like you know yeah. this guy this guy's got a you know 70 percent expected goals with this guy there wasn't any of that so you would stick with lines uh, like you know i think jacques lemaire played with steve shot and Guy Lafleur for years in montreal yeah. but uh, you know it doesn't it doesn't happen nowadays right mm -hmm. yeah good point they were dominant uh jason spezza by the way 687 points in 686 games with the ottawa senators uh, number 39 to start his NHL career, by the way, people may not remember, it turns 39 on June 13th. Uh, okay, so can we put to rest this, should they retire his number in Ottawa argument? Can we stop trying to retire everybody's number because they have pretty good seasons as opposed to being absolute legends? Uh, Mendez, would you retire any number currently uh, with the Ottawa Senators? Uh, the only one I would consider right now would be 65. Um, and, and I say that because I think Eric Carlson, the argument could be made. Nobody ever played the game at a higher level than Eric did in Ottawa. And he won two Norris trophies. Two Norris trophies. Uh, but I, I'm a big, big, big believer in let's get this ring of honor going. And yes. let's start to uh, appreciate and celebrate the history of this team. And Jason would be uh, Jason, Wade Redden, Mike Fisher, uh, Chris Neal, like these are the guys I would put in ASAP. Um, you know, uh, Craig Anderson, I would put in there. Jacques Martin, I would put in there. Marion Hosa. Uh, like, yeah, you can make an argument on, on a guy like Hosa. You can make some some really compelling arguments on on a whole bunch of guys. But Jason deserves some recognition from this organization. A point of yeah. game player when you're a second overall pick and you play 600 games and and 
and you yes. do all the things that you probably Captain. thought you would do. I, I, I got him in my ring of honor. I, the Jersey retirements, I think, need to be you need to be real cautious with those. In fact, I would unretire eight in some ways. Like I'm like, <laughs> isn't that what Stutzla wanted to play with? It was our Sanderson yeah. and Stutzla were both like, we want to be eight. So, yep. you know, I, I get <laughs> it. But you. yeah, no, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down for the ring of honor. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there, Ian. I, I think, and I was saying this yesterday as well. I, I, I think that you can make a compelling. It's a, it's a no-brainer to retire the number if that person is in the call, the Hall of Fame conversation, right? Like, like Alfredson, no-brainer. Carlson, probably. I mean, I don't know what the situation there will be, but you made the, the argument there with the two Norris trophies, and no one played at a higher level. Totally agree. But beyond that, and and I'm talking about Jason Spezza here too. I don't. Think. And I think he would agree probably not to retire the number. I think ring of honor is the best way to yeah. honor a lot of these, you know, like very popular players that have played here in the organization that otherwise can't have their number retired. I think that's the way to do it. You're giving them their due. They're going to get some notoriety here in the city and a little more love. You got to do that. I agree. I am disappointed. He only like he finishes with 995 points. I really wanted him to get to a thousand points. Uh, that being said, He's 94th yeah. all time in NHL history in scoring. I, it's pretty impressive. I, I yeah. just think, yeah, go ahead, Ian. Yeah, no, you got to remember, like, he is in my books, he's a thousand point player because he had, you got to remember, he had a couple of seasons wiped out. Like, he had the 12 13 season was cut kind of in half because of the lockup. But remember, this guy dealt with debilitating back issues for a good chunk of his career. Like, there's probably, He's missing a hundred some odd games, 150 games, maybe even yeah. uh, due to lockout, COVID injuries. Like he's yeah. probably more like an 1100 point player. When yeah. you think about the games he, he should have percent. And, and because he's such a hockey historian, it's probably going to eat at him that he's at 995. Like yeah. he's yeah. like, it, it, it'll eat at For him. Sure. But I think, I think he can. And I love what Alfie told me too. He's like, you know, at least he can go out with his head held high. That, like he's walking out on his own terms and there's not a lot of guys that get the opportunity to walk out on their own terms and no shit. And, and he did. Yeah. He's totally. one of, and I've said this during when he played uh, in Ottawa at his peak, arguably one of the top three, four players I would pay to go watch play. Like when he had the puck, you were on the edge of your seat. You had no, and people would say, Oh, he had the, the turnovers at the blue line, like crazy. I, I don't, you mm. still had no idea what he was going to do with the puck. He was so good. At handling that puck yeah and yeah. I, I and i think he i think he doesn't get the recognition until he went to toronto of how good he was in ottawa <laughs> yeah it's true it's funny it's like you got to go to toronto to get your accolades and you know, <laughs> it, 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 it it's so funny like i i used to always think the people that would complain about jason spatzo were probably the same people who complained about barry sanders back in the day great running back with detroit they'd be like oh man look how many times it gets tackled for a loss and you can't the guy was a magician and Jason was a magician at his, at his peak. Like think about not only that goal he scored against the Habs, the one where he dekes out Sheldon Surrey and Jose Theodore, but my favorite Jason Spezza goals are the ones he comes down the right wing. It's the fake slap shot and then pull the goalie out as if the goalie's using like uh, EA yep. sports manual goalie. He gets sucked <laughs> out. And yeah. Jason just patiently waits and puts it. He's probably got like 30 or 40 of those in his. Impressive. At some point, you would think the goalies would know. 
and yeah. they and they couldn't stop. And you know, another another player who adopted that, and I feel like Jay had a, a strong influence on him was Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad has done that, obviously not yeah. to the same frequency, but he did it the other the other game. Now it mm-hmm. was sort of a different modified version where he scored that. Uh, which which goal was it? I'm trying to remember what game it was. It's one of their last. This was a game six, the Rangers game. game. Six. Anyway. And he goes five hole and, and it's the same little stutter move that he does like yeah. a little pump fake takes it a little wider and then shoots it. And yeah, man, Jay was so good at doing that move. And it was annoying to defend against in practice because, because he makes you brace on that fake slap shot, you bite on it. So he gets you straight legged and then goes around you. So very effective move. And it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of patience to pull it off. Yeah. You know what, Wally, I just, as we were talking, I just, I just remembered a, a great Jason Spezza memory that you would have probably, you would Wally would remember. And you tell me, cause you were, I was working for Sportsnet. You were at TSN at the time, summer of 2009. So Danny Heatley asks for a trade out of Ottawa and Jason Spezza is getting married that summer. Mm. And mm. Danny is supposed to be at the wedding. And it turns into a great debate amongst the Ottawa media. Should the Ottawa media show up? At the church, and I think they got married off of Sussex. What's the big cathedral there? The, uh, oh, yeah, they did. The Basilica or whatever They did, called. right? Yeah, they're right, not, they're right not by the Notre Art Dame. Center. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we had this great debate, right? Like, I remember talking to my assignment desk, and I told my assignment desk, we should not go. I said, there'll be a time for Danny Heatley to speak. Ask him to, to, to stand on the lawn. Like, I hate the predatory vulture nature yes. that the media can be. So I remember I actually wrote a column for sportsnet.ca back in the day. And I'm like, we shouldn't go to the wedding. And it turned into a big thing, but I got a great, like Jason actually texted me after I wrote that story. And I never went to him before. And he just, he sent me a text and said, Hey, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate that. We really appreciate that. And just as an FYI, FYI, Danny told me he's not coming to the wedding anymore because this has turned into a shit show. And I always felt bad. I always felt bad that we kind of um, we impacted some. We altered like, it. To me, yeah. Weddings, births, and funerals, like of the like showing up there with yep. cameras, are you got to yep. get the permission, right? Um, if they don't want you there, beat it. Outside yeah. of that, I think everything is fair game. Everything yeah, so, is fair game, but not so those three days. To that and to that, which by the way, everything you just said, Ian, I totally agree with. And that just speaks to your character. I, I my only argument there is if you're Jason Spezza and you're getting married in some grandiose style wedding downtown Ottawa, what are you really expecting? That everyone's just gonna pretend like it isn't happening, right? Like no. if you're really look if you're looking for secrecy, then just get the fuck out of Ottawa and go down south or something. No, no, here's what I no. If the only reason is like we would have gone and covered it. I remember Ian, you and I had conversations for days or if not weeks leading up to this about, Hey, are you going or am I going? Like we didn't want to have to go. And so we thought (laughs) if one guy wasn't going, the other guy wasn't going to have to go either. But if this was just a normal wedding and Danny Heatley was a member of the Ottawa senators and he was still scoring 50, we could have gone there. We would have shown up, shot some video and left. But because Heatley was embroiled in this trade demand, we needed to be right. there to ask Danny about it. Okay, so I understand. That's the okay, difference. That's fair. All right. Good point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Last question about Spets. But before we do that, I just want to talk to you about. Oh, uh, thank God. 
Varnish your excavating ink. Uh, if you need some landscaping needs, aggregate, maybe your uh, driveway redone, uh, go to varnishyourexcavating.com. They can help you with all that competitive pricing, all your landscape needs. By the way, 21 different kinds of aggregate. I looked it up today. Give them a call, 613-432-1120. Or go to varnishyourexcavating.com. BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Uh, you talked about Mount Rushmore and who you'd pick for the media members. Uh, you, by the way, you left off Jeremy Roenick, which I think is a grave uh, misstep by you. Um, give me the top five all-time senators. There doesn't seem to be a problem with the top four. I don't know who the fifth necessarily is, and I don't know if it's clear-cut that it should be Craig Anderson, and I'll debate why. So we'll say Alfredson, Carlson, Heatley, Spezza would be the top four. Uh, is there anybody that has an objection? I I think like, I'm not objecting. I think people will object to Heatley. I'm not saying that it's wrong. Like to me, I think peak Heatley belongs on the top five. Um, He's he's got two fifty seasons. I also think Alexi Yashin is probably raising his hand and saying, you know, I I was a heart trophy nominee here. He was a finalist. He finished second in voting at 94 points. So that's my argument. Is it Craig Anderson, Alexi Yashin, Chris Phillips, Wade Redden, who is the fifth person on that list? I, I I'm think out of Danny Healy has here. to be there because he had a hundred point seat. He had two one hundred point seasons. It was just the one. You he two had one hockey points. nerds can argue about it. I have no idea who the right answer is. I, but I think the beauty of this is there is no right answer, right? Like, like yeah, my top five right. list could be different than Wally. Like, I think so, and it, it makes for fun conversations on podcasts and stuff. But I think uh, at the end of the day. There's going to be people that say Danny Heatley is not on my list because he walked out. Whereas I would look at it and say, guy had two 50 goal seasons. He True. was a key part of a team that, that, that took you to the, the cup final. Like for me, he would be on the list, but I understand why people wouldn't have him. On Eric the- Carlson wanted out. Jason Spezza wanted out. I didn't hear you saying they shouldn't be on the list. I know, but, but is there not an argument here that, like Keely, how like how many years did he play in Ottawa? Like four, four, five, yeah, four, four. Yeah, like so. So it's, to that point, it's like he didn't do it. Did he do it long enough? Like you know, like to be in that Ottawa, conversation. Right, but I you get know? your point. But Ottawa doesn't have a long yeah. enough history, and they don't have any no, 50 I know. goal scores. So but, that's but, why. But look at guys that. like Alfie, like Alfie yeah. Spez, Philly Neeler. Like these are all players that like played their whole careers. So to it, it, not Spez? But you know what I mean. So it's a longevity award. Well, that has to factor into it. Like if you're talking about all these marquee players, so so Ian brings up Yashin, like, and I never really watched. I was too young. I don't really remember Yashin that well. He but, was dominant. I mean, it sounds like he was pretty dominant. I mean, well, Hart Trophy on, nominee. And can we can we stop here for one second? <laughs> Meth, what year were you born? 80... 85. 85. So when Alexi Yashin was a Hart Trophy nominee, you were fourteen. Like, I feel like you should have had some idea. So to a 14 year old, what is a heart trophy winner? Like, really? What? I know. MVP, I, I understand. Like, I'm just oh, trying to Sydney make Crosby, when I'm Connor McDavid. When I'm, when I'm 14, I was more focused on playing video games, watching the odd game that my dad was force feeding to me on TV and being a, like, I, I, I actually, I, I hardly ever watched hockey. The most hockey I watched as a kid, even in my early teens, would have been Rock'em Sock'em videos. Oh, yes. And, and like Mike Bossy instructional videos that my dad forced me to watch, too, as a kid. Yeah, but yeah those I, really paid off for you in the offensive yeah. zone. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. I didn't give a shit. But then as I got it, like, I'll be like, when I started to really pay attention to the Ottawa Senators was when... Uh, Zdeno Chera came in and I was like, you know, midway, I was like four, 15, 16. 
like those early junior hockey years, I really, and I loved watching him play, like watching that six foot eight mutant stand in front of the goalie and on the, on, on the, on the Ottawa power play. And yeah. I thought it was so cool. It was a spectacle, but, but prior to that, not so much. So I can't really, it's hard for me to chime in here. <laughs> okay. So I like uh, Ray Bork. I thought he was really good. <laughs> so, uh, meth would put Chara at number five. Who, uh, Mendes yeah. <laughs> is your top five. Just give me your top Boy, five. So, like, Alfie's the lock at one. Yeah. I think Carlson yeah. is the lock at two yes. in terms of greatest players of all time. Yeah. For me, it's Spetz's three. Like, and I don't even think it's close. Like, I, I, I think Spetz's three. And then where the debate comes in is four or five. And, like, yeah. I, I tend to have Heatley in there, but that's because, again, 50 goals multiple times, it's hard for me to, to deny it. Just but give me the list. A, we got to move on. Okay. Or well, Philly, who played like. And then how do you how do you say no games. to Chris? How do you say no to Chris Phillips? But yeah. then you're also saying no to Yashin and Chris Neal and, and Redden, Craig Anderson and Wade Redden. Like it's it's pretty good. Like I think where I could see yeah. the argument on Heatley is people could say Heatley belongs in the same list as Chara and Hosa, which were yeah. they were really good, but they just didn't have the longevity Agreed. to put them on the top five. So I can I see agree. that argument. Okay, yeah. so I listen. I understand the provincial election is a couple of days away. Can you just answer the last person on the list? More highways will help with climate change. No, sorry, <laughs> but uh, um, uh, I, you know, I. We better oh, not shit. get into climate change with Matt here. To, no. uh, Twitter. This is just God forbid. Off the God rails. forbid. I have a sensible yeah. meet in the middle take. Right? Like, no. Let's you just can't. get rid of all our cars, yeah. all our gas, <laughs> oh, and live up north. Let's live up but, north but, with here we no go. natural gas. Yeah. It's a really good idea. Nothing can go wrong. Hey, hey. All right. Nut job. <laughs> All right. Let's continue this. Yeah, there we go. I want the last person. We have to person. stop. The last person well, was, is Phillips. It's Phillips. Yeah. I, okay. See, let's. Philly's good. I, I'm. That's. Uh, it's not. I don't want to say it's a safe pick. But I mean, he just played so many games. Like he was here for like two yeah. generations of teams, right? Like the 03 to 0, whatever. And then the 2012 to, you know, like, so he was here for like two cycles of like legitimate teams. So I think he has to be in that conversation. Okay. All right. Okay. Fine. Moving on. Uh, also wrote earlier this, no, last week, you did a fan survey story piece on Mendez. I think 30. Yeah. 30 questions if I'm not, it took me forever to read it. So I know um, lots of interesting things in there. You had 1500 people respond. So I feel like it's a pretty good uh, survey. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk about in those surveys. So uh, one of them, now that you know, the Sens are picking in the seventh spot and the draft, would you package the senator's first rounder for some immediate help? Yes. 76.9%. No, 23.1%. Is it seem almost a given with all the chatter, now I understand this is social media chatter for the most part, that this pick is going to get moved for immediate help. Ian? It sure it sure feels that way, doesn't it, guys? Like where Pierre Dorian's in win-now mode. Like as general manager, and I, and I don't necessarily disagree. Like, like I know people are saying, like, he better not make a, job, a deal to save his job. But I'm like, that's exactly what we need here. Like, we need yeah. – yes. like, like, he's got a mixed legacy here where he's done some – some really good things, but he's also had some, some missteps. I think it's right on the edge. Like I could go either way right now on Pierre Dorian's kind of legacy or 
his impact here. He's on the fence. So he needs something to nudge him into the positive side of the ledger. I think using that seventh overall pick, a guy who might not play until 2025. Exactly. Um, why not? Like, just go ahead, do it. Like, you know, like I, I say, go ahead and do it. Yeah, no, I'm I, Ian, 100% with you. I mean, you've got, first of all, it's, it's not a deep draft. I mean, I'm not even, and, and I mean this sincerely because I watched him play. I had to do a color for one of the Kingston games this year. I watched Shane Wright play and I never, I, I never try to be too critical of these young players. Cause I understand that there's plenty of development for them left to go, but, but at the same time, like for, for a number one overall pick and I watched Slavkovsky as well play for Slovakia. He's potential number two, maybe potential number one. It's not a deep draft. I'll leave it at that. There, there's so if there's an opportunity there for Pierre to package that seven pick with whoever and get a legitimate top six forward or top four defenseman, you don't even think about it. You do it. I mean, Pierre, Pierre's at that point, And I like what Ian said, where he's made, he's had some missteps. He's made some good moves. He's teetering right there in that middle yeah. zone. I mean, this is an opportunity now and, and, and you're avoiding so much criticism. Just get the player. It'll appease the fan base. Cause ultimately that's all that matters, right? You want to have a happy fan base. That's what the game's all about. Go after that guy. I don't know who he is. I don't have the scouting in my mind to do it. I haven't been traveling the country, but if you can find a legitimate player that can come in and help, it doesn't need to be uh, Kale McCarr on defense, right? Like it just needs to be a competent up and down player that can keep up with Shabbat, compliment him and or a second line forward that can compliment Stutzla with a nice little scoring touch. That would be nice too. And then boom, everyone's happy going into training camp. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you in there. I think that's the play. Uh, I, I agree. I think it's time to, uh, John Muckler was very good at doing this, right? He would, he would make moves to win you Stanley cups. He was more of a deadline guy, but he wasn't afraid yeah. to move picks to bring in guys, whether it worked or not is another story. But Pierre but he, isn't either Pierre, Pierre, Pierre is not shy to make moves either. Like in fairness, like we've seen him now, they haven't all been great, but I wonder how much of that was just tied to his constraints. Right. And, and the spending and all that, but he's not shy to pull the trigger. So I'm hoping that I'm just hoping that they get the right guy this summer. Cause man, they're not, they're like two pieces, maybe three away from being really competitive. And now that we're watching these Stanley cup finals, I think this is giving people perspective like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I think we do need a defenseman or I think we do need a forward. I think you're starting to see that depth and the importance of it. And that, that, and that Ottawa is currently lacking. I think willing to make the move and make a successful one are two completely different things. That's all I know. I, like, Right, I, I, like I know, That's going fair. out and offering Michael Delzato two million per year is, yeah, but is that, is that I, oh I went out to I make wonder, a move, but I wonder how deep. Like I said earlier, that touches okay. on my point. Like how how restricted was he? Right, like like was he given a budget? Was he told you know? So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered that we probably won't ever get the answers to. Yeah, and and I think too on on Delzato, um, I think something that and this got raised to me by a couple of agents in the last few months that are like you know. For all the criticism that Ottawa's pro scouting takes, you got to remember a lot of guys who are at the top of the UFA list or have no trade or no move clauses, they're not coming to Ottawa. So exactly. you, 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 can, you can rip on pro scouting all you want, but they're yes. not dealing with the same pool as yeah. Toronto and Colorado and uh, you know whoever Everybody. else you want, Tampa, whoever else you want to play. Uh, Ottawa is dealing with a different pool. And yeah, it's, it's sometimes I think we make a mistake uh I mean, and maybe i need to do a better job in that um in in highlighting that that yeah. they're not pulling from the same pool 
sometimes and and then so you don't get the the, the premier free agents like i had no problem del zotto i look i actually thought he was okay for them like i i don't yeah. know what happened and it's two million bucks like you're not you're not hurting yourself on michael del zotto no like, that's not you're not no exactly and, and 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 not only that but like he it was hard right like it was he was set, he was put in a really tough situation where the defense wasn't properly and and no to no fault of anybody in particular but it wasn't properly addressed from the top down so you know everyone's looking for someone to point the finger at and so you point the guy the veteran journeyman right now that they bring in no fault of his plank on the third pairing is where he belonged and then all of a sudden, you know, you're still missing a top end defenseman. So he was handed a shit sandwich right from the get go. And it was really tough for him to change that narrative. Then he gets sent down and just starts lighting it up in the American yeah. League. So he's very, very clearly still an, uh, uh, you know, an NHL player, but just really tough situation. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Ian. One of the things about Delzato, he was still leading or he's one of the top leading defensemen scoring for Ottawa while he's playing in Bingham or Belleville for months. Yeah, and he's selling the- homes in Florida. I mean, the guy's got it all. So he's, it's like, he's got yeah, it put together. You know, what, what, what can't he do? He's living his best life. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, want better pay, more respect and more job security. It's time to move to Boyd Moving. Uh, if you're an experienced mover, truck driver, or just hardworking go-getter, uh, they want you. So time to apply. Boydcareers.ca. Uh, Boyd moving. We keep Ottawa moving uh, and moving right along into the next question I want to bring up. What is the bigger priority in your mind? 53.5% of the respondents said finding a productive winger for Tim Stutzlow, while 465 said finding a reliable partner for Thomas Shabbat. This one surprises yeah. me, uh, and I'm going to start we with you, both. Beth, for the simple fact, as we know, defense wins you championships. I think it's time to address the partner for Thomas Shabbat, and I think that should have been more than 50% in this poll. Yeah, it's hard, right? Because I think we've seen what Tim Stutzla is capable of now. We don't even know what his ceiling is yet, but I think that it excites a lot of people. And I think that the idea that you could bring in a legitimate player, I know Fiala was mentioned a little bit. I'm not totally sold there, but but there's somebody out there, obviously, that'll fit well with him. But it's a really good point. We're watching the postseason now and we're seeing more and more. And we always sort of had an idea but the importance of having a strong decor, right? Like that decor is meshed with your goaltender. And, and when that, when there's a chink in that armor somewhere, it's exposed immediately. And I think, I think that the fans are right in that, that 50, 50 split for the most part, it's 50, 50. I think they're not wrong. I, I can make You can make an argument both ways, but if you had to lean on one end, I guess I'm biased. I'm fixing the back end first. Like that's my first priority. Just get one guy. I mean, it was a revolving door for God's sakes. Like there was no consistency in the pairings. They were always jumbling them up because you're always, you're just missing that obvious, that obvious top four player that's eating 20 plus minutes a night. He's not there right now. You need him there to bring balance to your, to your pairings. And then, you know, up front, same situation, um, but a little more scoring would be nice. So you're not top heavy on the top line. You know, you need, you need another filler to get those points, especially if you're talking playoffs. Playoffs is not in the conversation right now as things stand. They need to make some adjustments. Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree in terms of um, we've watched this team now. I, they have not been defensively responsible since 2017. Since Guy Boucher's first year, in Ottawa, this team has been a train wreck defensively. And I think yeah. they got to solve that. And so yeah. I look at this and I think the best course of action is I want to see Jake Sanderson with Artem Zoo. And I want to see that pairing Ooh. every night. Because yeah. if you want Jake Sanderson to 
thrive in this league, you can't put them within, like, imagine if it was Zaitsev or imagine it oh, was you know, somebody, you can't, oh. right? Like you have to put him in. And so as it stands right now, you need to shelter Jake Sanderson or at least kind of get his feet wet. Got to be Artem Zub. So yeah. that takes away Shabbat and Zub. And now I think, wouldn't most people be happy if your pairings were uh, Shabbat and then some sort of legitimate top four guy? Sanderson and Zub, and then Brandstrom and Hamanek or Brandstrom and Holden. Like all of a sudden that looks okay, doesn't it? Yes, like, but it's predicated on on getting uh, a top four guy. So I yeah. I tend to tend to to fall into the camp that says get Shabbat a partner. So so and just to, to add one more point to your point there, and, and I love that it's that we saw it a lot this year and the year before, where even on a good night where Ottawa might happen to have a lead going into that second period. How And I don't know the numbers in front of me, but how many times did they spit the bit and give up that game where a team just trailed back with like three unanswered goals because they were incapable of locking it down the way they should, right? And it's not just good defense. It's puck possession. It's puck management, right? It's making those good breakout passes. So to your point there, and I agree. Again, I wish I could argue with you a little more, but get that top four in here. Get it settled so that everybody falls into the right place and you can just roll those lines properly and you don't have to worry about, okay, who are we going to play next shift with Shabbat? Who's going up next? Like, that's that's a nightmare. So I, I'm sure Ottawa's very well aware of this. I don't even know where they begin though, Ian. Like, have you heard any names on the back end that you could that are floating around in free agency? I realize, by the way, I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, I, I don't have any myself. I have no idea where to begin. You know, I think what, and, and I, I, I probably should look into this um, in the next week or two. Like two years ago, Colorado got Devon Taves for two second round picks. Last year, New Jersey got Ryan Graves, basically paid yeah. the same price. There's going to be a new version of Taves or Graves. This season, maybe it rhymes too. Taves, maybe you can figure this out. <laughs> Taves, Graves, is there a haze available? Something like that. But, but realistically, you're going to have to find the guy who doesn't fit somewhere, right? Yeah. Do just for cap reasons, doesn't fit. Like I thought, they actually did a pretty good job with Matt. Like Matthew Joseph was a great example of you took a player that likely wasn't going to fit into Tampa's plans, but he can fit mm. into yours. Now yeah. go do it with a defenseman. Go find a guy and give them something that they need. And you, you, you take that contract off, off their hands. Like, you know, the one guy, and I'd love to connect with my colleague who works out of Winnipeg. Um, Dylan DeMello is the guy that I always think to myself, man, that guy would have been the perfect fit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And he, he was like, cause I was watching him play like throughout the year and I'm like, he's getting some pretty big minutes there. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like, it wasn't like he sort of fell off the radar once he left Ottawa. You know, typically when you get traded away from a relatively bad team, it's not necessarily going to be greener on that other end, right? Because it kind of speaks to your play. But it just didn't work for him here. And it wasn't working with the coaches. So they move. he moves on. And he played pretty well. I, so, yeah, like, I, could you bring him back in, I guess? Now, how would that look with Shabbat? Is he a capable top top pairing defenseman? Maybe, I guess. But, I mean... There's some players floating around out there, but I just don't see the fit. Like, you know, you've got some free agency. Like, as Latang hasn't re-signed yet, Klingberg's another guy. Like, there's a bunch of names, but they don't fit. Like, they're not the right pieces. Not to mention, they probably, to your point earlier, they probably wouldn't want to come here anyway. So you got to find the right guy that's sort of just getting squeezed out of the lineup. Like, I got – it's a good example. When I was in Dallas that year that I got traded to Ottawa – they had just drafted Murray on defense. Um, as an what's his first name? I forgot. You think I would know this? The first round draft pick by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, Ryan, Ryan Murray. 
Ryan Murray. I even played with him at the Worlds. You'd think I'd remember his name. They picked him up immediately, made me expendable, and I got traded right after that, right after the World Championship. So I was an example of a defenseman that was still relatively in my prime, but it just didn't work in Columbus. We were losing a lot of games there. Time to move on. And I get, I ended up in Ottawa. So there's got to be that guy out there somewhere, to your point again, where it's like, okay, let's figure out, let's gauge his interest. Now, I don't know how that works with players and agents. Like, can a general manager gauge a player's interest with regards to a, a destination by just having a conversation? Is that allowed? Do we know? Like, can no, an I agent reach out? Can an agent, can a, can a general manager reach out to a potential pickup to that agent and be like, hey, would, would your player be interested in playing here? Like, is that a common thing? Do we know? No, I think I think that does that not fall into line of tampering? That like you're basically like tampering. Yeah. Is yeah, it tampering? I, I, yeah. I think so. Um okay, I, yeah. even if you haven't resigned and you're a free agent going into the summer, it's still technically tampering. Uh a UFA? I you might be I don't know. That's no, once you're once you hit July uh, this year, I think July it's July 1. 13th. Yeah, whatever it is this year. But then, not even prior can, to that. No, no, I don't think you can because that's why they had to open uh, up that window. The free agent chatter window that Alfie went to Detroit like, over. Okay, right. Then I'm going to stop talking. Well, but, but like, <laughs> but if you think about it, like, let's like, like just real quick use Ottawa as an example. Um, yeah. And Ottawa's got one more year of Artem Zub, right? Under contract. Right. How yep. would Ottawa feel if, uh, and I think Dan Milstein reps Artem Zub. Yep. Imagine Steve Eiserman phoned Artem Zub's uh, Dan Milstein right now and said, hey, just curious, when you get to, uh, to 2023, uh, would you like, <laughs> Yeah, the senators would be sideways. But there's like, got to be a way to verbally get that across. Without oh, I'm sure. Right now, right? like, and that's I'm not sure hypothetically naive. speaking, you're. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah. I'll leave I, it at that. I don't want to naive to think that that's okay. I got two questions <laughs> for Mendez has to go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you believe Pierre Doran is the right general manager to get this team to the next level where they can be a legitimate playoff team? Last year. Yes, 54.1%. This year, 25.9% says he is the right GM. Uh, I'm surprised by the drop because this seemed to be a team trending upwards. So, uh, Mendez, I'm going to start with you. Were you surprised to see this particular number come in? Um, no, I, I mean, I knew it would be less than last year. Like when, when last year came around, I thought, you know, 50, it, people were pretty much split on them 50-50. I thought the number would probably come down. I, my thought was 30%, maybe 35%. But I think the answer, the response to this question underscores the importance of the summer for Peter Dorian. And I think in fairness to him and the DJ Smith and everybody, like let's revisit this question three months from now, because exactly. if he is, if he has landed the piece or two that we say that um, uh, he, he needs, then all of a sudden, I think that 25% comes back closer to 50%. Uh, and then we see how it plays out on the ice. And then maybe that 50% number goes up. But um, yeah. but in the here and the now, you can only judge people on what they've done to date. And to date, they have not brought in the pieces that they need. And this is, it feels like there's two strikes on the general manager and maybe he's fouled off a couple of pitches. And now it's like, okay, well, it's uh it's a three and two count here and he's he's gotta he's gotta make solid contact here that's a good analogy a that's good smooth, lame really baseball smooth. analogy and, yeah and the way you yeah. finished it off too that was yeah. very nice no i yeah. i i'm with you i think i think right now is probably well you can you like like ian mentioned you can you can judge him based off of what he's done up to date 
And there have been some questionable pickups for sure. Obviously with some of the players, even last year, right. With um, like, it never worked with good Branson. It never worked with Coburn. Um, and then of course this year, there's been a couple moves, but there's been, there've been some good acquisitions as well. So like Holden, I thought was a really good acquisition, for example, just one guy, but in any case, I think revisiting this question at the end of the summer is the way to do it. Cause then we can see, okay, have you made the moves that you were, that you were t- telling everybody you were going to make? And if not, then that 20% is probably a legitimate reflection. But right now, I mean, that number can fluctuate. As soon as he picks up a top six or a top four on the back end, yeah. people, all of a sudden, everyone's enthusiastic and going, great job. Like we're doing the right thing. So, you know, I think we, uh, we revisit this in August and have another conversation about it. Okay. Uh, I will leave it with that last question I have for uh, you two before Ian has to go. And that is, um, what's the dumbest way you've been injured? One time, this player from the Penguins had his stick. And he, no, um, well, we know Matt's, Matt's answer. Uh, okay, so I got two. In fact, one that I'm currently uh, recovering from, uh, which is I tore my I, – I, sli- I think they call it a grade two tear of my hamstring, uh, oh. rounding third base in a Sunday night softball league. No. Uh, first game of the – hadn't played in years. I'm like, I'm really excited to play. And uh, rounding third – Heading for home, and wait, those are the lyrics to center field, isn't it? Rounding Something third, like heading for yeah. Hey, I'm a brown-eyed, <laughs> handsome man too. Look at that. Uh, okay, sorry. Um, that's just, He's that's out of terrible. control, folks. <laughs> what am I doing here? I didn't do my podcast this week, so I suddenly I'm like just full of uh, lameness. Uh, so anyway, I told I have a grade two. T- that was about three weeks ago. I've been able to. I've been cleared for light pickleball activity, so I've been able nice. to do that while it's all taped up. Uh, but the worst injury I ever had, the only time I've never let you guys will, this will be the least surprising story of all time. I have never broken a bone and only one time have I ever got stitches, three stitches in the back of my head because, uh, when I was, I guess, 11 years old, I was racing back to my TV because silver spoons was on. Mm. Okay. And I was running down because I heard the show had restarted. This is before you could PVR things. And I ran and I jumped back on my couch to sit down and watch the show. And I hit my head. I missed the back. And I cut the back of my head. And I required stitches from watching Silver Spoon. So, (laughs) Wow. Nice. Uh, Mendes or uh, Meth, how do you top that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot, so I, I pick your poison, right? I, I, I don't know. I've, I've the amount of stitches on my face alone. Uh, when I was a kid, I fell down a tree and I skid my way down like this really thick bark. It was an old willow tree at my cottage. So my entire body was covered in one big, massive rash. Maybe. I don't know. I, that might, you know, yeah, I've had a lot of them for sure. But the, <laughs> the pinky one's probably the dust one, right? Like it didn't need to happen. He got me in the, in, like in the perfect spot on my glove that never happens. Like it, it, it influenced an NHL rule following season. So yeah, that would probably be it. The, the pinky finger. But all were, right. were all the stitches, were all the stitches on your face as a result of hockey? Like all like, no, a little what, bit what? of both. No, I've okay. had a bit of both. I've had a fish hook in my face too. I think when I was a kid, Okay. Um, Did, you were know, you stuff like casting? that. Were you casting it or somebody else? 
Uh, I was casting it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, I was, it was caught up on a tree that was overhanging the dock and I was trying to yank it down and I pulled it too hard. And you, yeah, you one thing some, led to another tree related issues here. I think yeah. we need to delve into this. Well, yeah. that's, that's, that's living, man. You know, I wasn't sheltered as a kid. I was, they, my parents let me go and play and, uh, I got hurt a lot. So you know what we've learned yeah, that's from a, this, anyway. uh, that's a side tree me. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that really wasn't hugger. Ian. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Listen. I'm not, I'm not some crazy guy. That's going to leave my, 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 one of my vehicles running all day in the driveway. Like I get it. We need to make a lot of changes. I'm just not on the extreme end. And it just, it's always the same people that are on the extreme end. It's the people that have no kids that live in the Glebe and just want to sing Kubaya downtown all day. And I'm just not that person. So you guys can, you guys can cringe. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Um, okay. Uh, oh, by the way, I've never. I've I took a shot at people in the Glebe. Are, yeah, are yeah. The people I in moved. the Glebe are the same people that complain about the music being too loud at Lansdowne Park. So it gives you a little perspective. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I will say that they're the ones that complained about the flyovers at uh, Red Blacks games, and they had to change the rule to let people know that there was going to be a flyover. Yeah. Because God, people God we forbid there's attack. noise downtown when you live downtown. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought, right? So it's um, crazy. I've only had one broken bone ever, Mendez, so I'm almost like you, the tip of my toe. Uh, Canadian Tire has cost me a lot of injuries, but the, probably the dumbest one is uh, you had to walk down the stairs carrying a, a lawnmower unassembled in a box, and there was just angle iron as walls. It wasn't like drywall. And so I bumped into the wall, uh, and I set as I'm bringing the lawnmower down to give to the customer, they went, oh, and I was like, oh. And so I cut open a gash in my elbow that required five stitches. So they're like, you should probably go get that taken care of. I'm like, you're absolutely correct. I will. So as I'm going to find somebody to drive me now to the hospital for like the third time at Canadian Tire, um, they're paging me to come to the front desk. I'm like, as I'm walking out, they're like, uh, you brought the wrong lawnmower. I was like, oh, no. Anyway, somebody had to go get the other lawnmower. I so that reminded me of a, of a time where I was riding my bicycle as a 10 year old. And you guys ever remember used to putting like you'd roll over a can of Coke or something and it would make like a cool motorized sound yep. when it got stuck. And so the, the can had to be like rejigged as I was biking. And because I was such an intelligent young man, I thought I'm just going to do this while I'm cycling. And I grabbed a stick that I had in my hand because I had to have a stick in my hand. And I tried jamming it into like near the spokes to fix the can and adjust it. And it got caught in the wheel and I face planted on the pavement. Um, and my whole entire face was cut up. So that, that is another situation yeah. uh, that happened. That, yeah, yeah. That might be the front runner. Um, uh, how old were you when this happened? I think I was 10. I think it was around that age. I was driving a black Norco bike and that bike ended up getting stolen out of my garage like a year later. And a year after that, I found it locked by uh, like a post one of those little uh, like mailboxes. And I had to go back home because no one was around the bike. And when I came back, it was gone. And so it like it, that elusive moment where I just decided to leave, it still haunts me to this day. And but now, how do you know? Like black Norco bikes were pretty popular That's there in the 90s. Point. What was, I just what was the defining mark that you knew <laughs> I, that that was your bike? I just knew. I just knew it was mine. Yeah, the, now I didn't have the serial number written down. Yeah, the, yeah spokes, the, the stick in the spokes <laughs> was the dead giveaway. Anyway, that's enough of that shit. But yeah, thanks for entertaining my stories, guys. <laughs> well, 
uh, I've got other questions, but we're gonna have to leave it for today. So, oh Ian, wait, uh, quickly, oh, Ian. Yeah, Shea, yes. are, is Montreal gonna switch their picks? I'm curious to hear what you think. Ooh. Are they gonna? This doesn't need to be a long conversation. Are they going with Shane Wright as the number one? I, I think when, and this is gonna sound silly, but I think when you're hosting the draft, you keep that's a factor. Like yeah. as dumb as that like, sounds, go with the safe pick. But, you no, mean? no, no. I think if they are interested in somebody else. I I think I could see them saying, okay, we won't take Shane Wright, but you give us something, but we're keeping the first pick. And oh. and maybe New Jersey, or, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. just something about picking first overall when you're hosting the... Oh, shit. What? what ten it just shuts down an hour in? Oh, what lost- happened? You froze. Oh, I don't know. You you just okay, said when, I want you know you have the first pick. I, yeah, I want and to, then uh, yeah. There's something that changes when the home team hosts. Yeah, and then you. So yeah. so I I think it's pretty rare to host the draft and have the first overall pick. I'd have to go back and look, but yeah. Given the year that they've had in Montreal, how could they tell their fan base we're trading down? Now, I think what you could do is say we're oh, trading. We're not taking Shane Wright. We're taking you know somebody else, but. We're keeping the first overall pick, but we'll we'll give away some. Well, you give us something to not take Shane Wright, but we're mm. picking first. I, I can okay. see that. Maybe. That's fair. That makes All sense. right. Good insight. Okay. Two things. Just tell me your two conference final winners. That's it. Oh, I was so wrong. No, in the no not you. Round. Hang on. We'll do this after. We'll go over ours after. Yeah. yeah. We'll uh, so, Mendez, give me uh, the two. Who's your Stanley Cup finalist? You know, what I love about this, I, whatever combination we have, it's going to be a great final. But – I'll go Tampa unless like the Rangers got here because they played third string goalies. Now you're getting Vasilevsky. So yep. give me Tampa and give me Colorado just because I think Colorado's a little bit deeper than Edmonton, but I, I don't think you can go wrong with any, any combination here. Your politicking yeah, and, 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 is off the charts this week. He's right. Do you want me to get, wait till Ian no. gets off? Yeah, we'll, we'll let you no. go. Uh, Ian, yeah. good luck in the election and we'll chat with you soon. Hey, thanks for, uh, for having me guys have a great week and uh and i can't believe by the way like when you guys thought about it's episode 69 you yeah. you really thought i was the best fit for that okay here's here's a like, here's a tip <laughs> we never pay attention to the numbers okay true true yeah but okay. i will say please like and subscribe because i don't say that enough apparently um right. and anyway man see you pal take all care right. we'll see you guys okay there goes Ian Mendes from The Athletic. Uh, check out all his stuff online. It is very good. Um, okay, Meth, we'll make this quick. So your, yeah, yeah. Uh, your round two did not go very well. No. So um, I got to find it. But you you basically went one and three. Yeah, I, I got so I got the Florida Panthers series wrong, right? Yeah. I had Florida moving forward. They lost. Florida in six. You had Carolina yeah. in six. Yeah. Calgary in seven. In Calgary. Yeah, that's right. In so, Colorado in five. I was very wrong and uh, very surprised. I mean, I thought at least at least three of those that I got wrong, I thought at least two of them would be correct. Like I like the, the Calgary series, okay, great. I could understand that. I, I mean, yeah. that could that was a bit of a coin flip and McDavid was out of his mind. Yeah. Um, so and anyway, Minnesota. long story short, I know you were trying to wrap it up. I, I'm going to go, you know, with the Oilers, it's interesting because unless McDavid plays, like unless he literally drags his team again for a third round, which by the way, he's fully capable of doing it. Unless he does that by himself again with dry I just don't see it happening. And Colorado's just a little deeper and I don't, they're not 
they're not as deep as we think they are in comparison, but they have the edge for sure. They've had good goaltending as well. Whereas Oilers, you know, they're a little more inconsistent. So I'm going to go with the abs in six and I'm going to go with Tampa. Okay, wait, hang on. So I just before we get to the East. So I'm going to give you this note, uh, a couple if you want, okay. but Mike Smith has a career record of 13, one and five against the avalanche. The only oh, yeah. club he has fewer than two regulation losses against uh, in his career. Darcy Kemper is 10, two and four in 16 appearances against the Oilers. Does that matter yep. whatsoever? I don't think it does now. Now, now you can't ignore the numbers. The numbers do tell a story for sure. Yeah. But now we're talking, we're talking the third round here. We're talking conference final. Like all bets are off. It's anybody's game. We've seen yeah. it, right? Like we almost beat Pittsburgh in 2017. So, um, you know, for me, it's, it's, it'll come down to like the defense core. So I think you obviously have to give the edge to Colorado. They're not as, they're a little smaller, but they move the puck so well. And in a puck possession style series like this one, I yeah. feel like that immediately gives them the edge. Um, you know, I thought Calgary was going to do a better job at shutting down the Oilers. McDavid was just that good. He was just that good. So, you know, I give Colorado the edge here for sure. I don't think, I think, I don't think that's a hot take. Um, and I'm going to stick no. with that in six. All right. Colorado in six. I, I do like Colorado. I don't like to be the same as you. Uh, and I still well, wanted to yeah, pick but the don't, Rangers. Don't in the go last against round. the Rangers for this. Yeah. Don't, well, don't be a contrarian. Like, no, you know, no, but you, they have. So Connor McDavid was without question playing out of his mind. Leon Dreisaitl, by the way, yeah. uh, has five straight games with at least three points, which is an NHL record, not just a playoff I know. record, an NHL record. I know. He's pretty good. And they player. shut those two horses down, is the question. Um, I yeah. do like Colorado. We like them at the beginning of the year. I will still stick with them. I, I'll just have yeah. to pick a different number. So I'm going to go Colorado in five. That's that's not that hot. Like that's that's still a pretty good call, Wally. I like Smith right I now. I don't know it's, which it's doable. Way, I don't know exactly which Mike Smith you get. You so, don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Right. Okay. Agreed. So moving on. Uh, and I wanted to pick the Rangers, and I'm mad because you guilted me going. You weren't allowed to pick Mika Zibanejad because you liked him. So I chose Carolina. But damn it. Yeah, but they, they were, that was a disappointing series. I mean, well, yeah, the, if you can't win, hell, on road, like, you, yeah, you can't win on the road, like, yeah, like it was ridiculous. And like, but every game was in a way lopsided, right? Like, like you didn't have a lot of yeah. tight games in that series. So I was, I was very disappointed with that series. Uh, overall, as the playoffs have gone on, this has been one of my favorite years, full yeah. disclosure. I'm like, I'm, my interest level is sky high, but uh, yeah, that, that's, that was a downer. So, now you've got you've got Tampa, you've yeah. got the Rangers, you've got yes. two unbelievable goaltenders. I mean, I know Noodles is going to be extremely happy to be paying attention to this series. So I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, Shesterkin's been fantastic. Oh, okay, I got I, some I, notes I'm, for you. I'm going to let you, you go first. Okay. You go first. By the way, I've labeled this the Freddie Kleisen Cup uh, because he played mm. for both of those teams and we like him as an Ottawa Senator. So in the Freddie Kleisen Cup, uh, does it matter that the Rangers won all three meetings this year? Does that play a factor in your decision? No, no. Uh, okay. Uh, Mike, Mika Zibanejad, by the way, has the most uh, assist in a game seven in Rangers history. Uh, he improved to four, seven and 11 in contest when facing elimination um, tied for the most in NHL history in a single postseason. I think that they're playing at a pretty good clip, but I still, I can't go against Nick Paul. 
Uh, and I don't think Braden Point comes back, but that didn't seem to really bother them in round two. No. And so and you don't want to cheer against. And, and it's like, no. I don't want to cheer against Nick Paul either. No. <laughs> so, like, I genuinely want to back this team. Right. And, and, so, and Wally. Yeah. Experience. Experience. Well, that's like so huge, right? Rangers a little younger. Yeah. Um, this is a new this is new for them. And this is the big this. Now you're all, you're in the dance now. Like this is the big stage. Yes. Only four teams left. Everyone's watching every night. So every night you are um, the main focal point. Exactly. And that's, yeah. so there's a lot of pressure there and you're playing at MSG. I know they're, they play very well at home, but I think with the experience that Tampa brings to the table, and if they're relatively healthy going into the series, despite points injury, I mean, you've got Vasilevsky. I mean, what, how do you bet against that? And then Kucherov, all of us, like he's going to be fired up. You're, you know, New York city, you're on the big stage. You know, he loves, he loves the attention. He loves playing big games. Like I, I just think with that, with that lineup and that much depth, you can't bet against Tampa. So uh, I'm going to say Tampa in six, but I think oh. they lose game one because of the layoff. The Rangers are coming right off the emotional high. They're still rolling and Tampa hasn't if, played in like nine days or whatever it is. If, if Tampa can keep that game, sorry, if Tampa can keep the game tied after one period, I think they're going to be okay. I okay. think they're going to win that first game if they if they remain at least tied or better coming out of the first period, specifically the first ten minutes. Okay, uh, those did you what, did you make a pick? You said six, yeah. or I guess I didn't say. Did I did I no? I'm going to call Tampa. I yeah. want to say six, but I'll say seven. I'm going to say Tampa in seven, just to be yeah. different. It should be a good I like series. Six. By the way, uh, you can go place your bets at sportsinteraction.com. Uh, go to sportsinteraction.com slash thought. By the way, there's so much stuff you can go in there. The parlays are a lot of fun to do too. Uh, but oh, lots yeah. of time to get your bets in. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I still think it's a Tampa Colorado final. And I think it's one that uh, will be very fun to watch down the stretch. Oh, so, man, absolutely. Uh, uh, and that would be joining a couple of Whitewaters. Make sure you try out their new flavors. Also North South, which is very good. And uh, Kiwi Lime Sour. Use the 15% off coupon at uh, wham-funkyfresh is the coupon. Shopwhitewater.ca. Uh, Meth, I, good luck. It is Jan, It is sorry June now. We're going to take a break for a bit, and we will let you know when we're going to be back. But uh, we're going to enjoy Maybe some Maybe the sun. draft. Hey, we're gonna let, what do you think? We're going to let Craig know. have. We'll figure that out. Yeah, Craig's going to have a bit of fun. Uh, he's going to have a little vacation, and so we're going to uh, come back a bit later. Uh, and have oh yeah, chat. Craig. Craig has a boys' weekend coming up here. I guess he's leaving <laughs> with the boys on Thursday. Yeah. So let's so, pray for Craig. So, so okay. <laughs> All right. So well now, Craig, can you uh, can you join us? Yeah, come on in for a what's little. Up, what's up? Boys, what's <laughs> yeah, little boys weekend. See, I didn't ah. want to do this because I don't want him to say anything that may incriminate him later. Oh. But I'm just, I want to see if I can still party. Let's find out. It's been a while. <laughs> we've, been in, we've been in lockdowns. Like, uh, full disclosure, I don't drink a ton. Uh, we're we're going to see what there. happens if we ratchet things up here a little bit, boys. I get, I'm like you, Craig. Like, I'll get all fired up and I'll talk a big game <laughs> leading up to it. All and right, then I like, you know, like 9 p.m. rolls around. I'm like, I just vanish. Like, I Houdini out of the room and I'm gone. And I'm usually in my bed. So you would I, hate. I share. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, you would hate our accommodations. We got an Airbnb somewhere downtown, and there's 11 of us. 
So it's oh. like, it's just oh. the first thing I said, and I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to bite. He's like, I, I should probably have my own room. That's how I feel, but I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah, yeah that's got to be yeah, like a grown man, like having to share a room with another guy, a couple of feet over. It's always awkward or yeah, just a stranger I'm, in general. Yeah, right? Hopefully yeah, I don't get weird. any uh, watch theft or snoring or uh, some of the things I hear from you guys, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not, not going to be a lot of privacy and we're going Thursday till Sunday. So it's like, Oh, oh boy, hopefully nobody gets on each other's nerves. Because that'll be <laughs> keep your lawyer on be speed. Okay. We're gonna keep the. Yeah, I don't keep things interesting. Uh, uh, Craig, before you go, I have a question about Andre Vasilevsky. The story came out this week about oh, yeah. his draft and being in Ottawa, and it didn't name yeah. the water park. Uh, oh, but yeah. all this stuff ties into Ottawa. So, do you want to take us through what you know about the Andre Vasilevsky and why Ottawa didn't pick him at yeah. fifteen? Uh, that's the Eric. That's Eric Carlson, right? No, Cody C. C. My apologies. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was the year. Um, I don't know. We we did kind of. It was the draft was where Pittsburgh. I think that year. We anyways, we're doing our kind of standard draft coverage, and um, all the guys come in for their visits or whatever, and they skate at Senseplex, and we're kind of covering that part of it. And we were supposed to do one with a goalie, and that didn't happen. And so yeah, he uh, allegedly. I mean, I mean, I don't want to say allegedly. I think it's pretty official now. He, uh, he, t- him and his family went to Calypso for the day, the day before, because uh, while you mentioned like he's he's uh, summers here sometimes and trains yeah. here sometimes, so yeah. he's familiar with the area. And so, anyways, they went to Calypso and and he just got super sunburned and he couldn't put his gear on. So he was supposed to go on the ice the next day and he couldn't do it. So that, I don't think that was the reason why they didn't pick him. I don't think they loved that that, that happened or whatever else, but they weren't really picking Russian guys then anyways. Yep. And I know they were super high on Cody CC. So the fact that he was there at 15 didn't matter that Vasilevsky went what four, four picks later, I think like he yeah, was a project yeah. goalie right out of well, Russia. And it's like, and it's like in hindsight, right. You're like, well, why didn't you guys pick them? I mean, you're right. talking about a, an unknown Russian goaltender yeah. in the first round, like, come on. So I think people have to pump the brakes with the, with the criticism for those yeah. who are criticizing. Right. It's a funny story. Like oh, yeah. I didn't take him cause he got sunburned to clips. Like it's funny if you just tell it like that. And that's usually like, but before it kind of came, came out this week, that's how I would jokingly tell that story is like, oh, ah, yeah. if only he didn't go to clips though. But yeah, yeah. That's, that probably didn't actually have anything to do with it. It's more just kind of fun sense lore at this point. Okay, I just have one. We've all had sunburn at some point. I don't ever remember not being able to get dressed or function with sunburn. Um, do either of you remember a time you've been that badly well, burned? You can get, you can get, I mean, you can get a mild version of heat stroke, right? Like if you get peppered with that sun for long enough. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're just even a little soft, I mean, that can, that can mess with you and it can make you feel a little nauseous. So I'd have to give people the benefit there. I mean, I've had some bad burns in the past where they haven't been very pleasant. So I can relate a little bit, but I understand your point, Wally. And, and more importantly, what are you expecting? Like, what do you think is going to happen yeah. if you're under, you know, you're under the heat lamp all day? I mean, yeah. you're going to get, you're going to get burnt. It reminds me of that time. And I have, I saw the picture on my phone of Dion in Florida, Fort Lauderdale with that bad burn. And like, oh, yeah. it was so bad that the opponents like Florida Panther players were looking at him in warmups and laughing. Like we were all dying. It was, yeah. it was a joke. So it's possible, but Dion, it was a tough bastard played through everything. And that was a good example of a guy that was able to do it. So you know. I just think if your NHL future is in the card somewhere that you could probably, yeah, put maybe, the, like, maybe that's just all stay I'm, home. 
maybe stay home. I, I'm with you. I, I agree. I've seen it happen to guys but, at, at dev camp before, right? Where they're out doing the, um, the yes. all the like army stuff and they're running or you're out in the sun all day and guys don't really think about it. And then, yeah. then they got to put their gear on and they're just like, red. That army stuff. It, it, like we had some guy like Hitch. Hitch is a huge history buff, like yeah. Ken Hitchcock and loves his war stories. Like he, he reads a ton of books on it. And uh, so he would always hire a bunch of seals to come in and run like these yeah. crazy boot camps prior to training camp. So we'd be like, we'd have to carry these 90 pound shells. Like, you know, that was part of, you know, you'd have to carry each other through these yeah. like little obstacle courses. And one of them, I can still remember like three days before our regular season starts. And I'm lugging as a rookie, this 90 pound, uh, like, like, like huge bullet, like yeah. a big shell with another player. And I'm like, and then, and I can still remember Craig Wally halfway through it. I'm like, why am I doing this? What, like, what is the goal here? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm just taking some heavy object from point A to point B probably going to hurt myself and play like shit in three days. Then sure enough, that's what happened. We got pumped for the first few games. And you're, you're just a, you're just a dumb rookie in the NHL, right? Doing yeah, I, Did you even consider putting on sunscreen? Obviously not. I mean, exactly. So. Hold on guys. I got to go put on SPF 50. I'll be right exactly. back. Like, no, it doesn't come exactly. out of your mouth. That's, so that's how, that's how it happens. I think. And now granted, he was, he was at a water park and you were at a thing, but and, 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 and Hitch is a great coach. Like that's yeah. not me chirping Hitch, but I am chirping Hitch when it comes to that stuff. And it wasn't just him. I've had other coaches do it too. Like they get these ideas, they coaches where they're like, okay, we're going to take all our players out in the middle of nowhere. And they're going to have to do all these crazy things together. Like we already all knew each other. It's not like it was a ragtag group of guys on an expansion team. Like three quarters of the team was very familiar with each other. Yet we're still doing these insane activities. Like take us to Fort Lauderdale for four days. Like, let me get, let me go on the beach. It's that romantic kind of like, God, the guys are going to bond and they're going to carry gonna bullets. Bond. They're going to put them the through hell week. together. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> they'd probably appreciate a day off or something. Anyway. Yeah. It's I'm all sure good. But yeah. I'm done. All right. Well, speaking of days off, enjoy them and make sure you lather up as you go outside, boys. Yeah. Uh, all right. Take care. Thanks for everybody watching. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, thanks to all our sponsors, by the way, BEI, Sports Interaction, Whitewater. Enjoy some of those this weekend. And uh, boy, moving. Uh, take care, everybody. We'll talk soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 